This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. Super Vegan Brian here, and I'm joined by David the About the Third. Hi, everybody. You could hear the glottal. If you it, like, if you have good headphones on, you could hear that glottal sound. That in the third. <laughs> <laughs> David the here, here, let's do a good one. Let's do it. Oh, Super vegan Brian here and David the Get ready to rock the third <laughs> Uh you have too much fun with that. I had to well, I had to really think about how I was gonna say that so it was parody and not copy. Because uh-huh. that guy is very litigious about his I'm let's sure get is. ready to so and so and so and so. Yes, that 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 thing with the with the uh, the noise the 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 onomatopoeia is rumble onomatopoeia. Yes, when you write it somewhere, it's oh yeah, but there's no I can. It's also I guess it's also no the descriptor either. of a sound. It isn't is there? the descriptor of a sound. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> Holy onomatopoeia, Batman! Ow, lap, biff. Um, speak. So, all right. Before I start topic, before I do anything, let's reference. We are recording on Father's Day. Yes. So. Yes, we are. It is just David and I. <laughs> Everyone else was busy doing, you know, father stuff. Yes. Um, so um, I learned about a Batman thing, and I think it's fantastic. All right. Shoot. So spoilers. I don't know the name of the comic, so I mean spoilers, just because this is recent. But apparently Batman traveled around the multiverse and met Batmans from different multiverses. I believe it. Sounds like something Batman would do. And um, one of the multiverses was Adam West. (laughs) And the cumulative... (laughs) Sorry. So the whole idea of the story was that Batman encountered the first Joker. Basically, he encountered this guy who tapped into the multiverse and discovered that he was the same man as the Joker. Oh, wow. And he was so taken aback by the power of the Joker that he wanted to become the Joker because he was sane, but wanted that freedom of being insane. Mm -hmm. So he invented this machine to tap into the multiverse, but by trying to discover the Joker, ended up creating the Joker. And it was like the origin of the Joker. It was a very neat thing. Interesting. So Batman tracked him all across the multiverse and didn't have a costume and ended up getting pieces of the costume from different multiversal Batmans. And the cowl was from the animated series, which was pretty cool. But the utility belt was from Batman 66, Adam West. Nice. Yeah, he had shark repellent. (laughs) That's the neat thing. (laughs) Hit him with that bat. The ultimate... The ultimate big bad of the whole comic was a Joker shark, and Batman was able to win (laughs) because of the shark repellent. And the quote quote was, this Batman is even more prepared than I am. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's pretty good. So um, our topic today is the history of nerd culture, Um, you know, from 
its origins in fantasy and science fiction and intellectualism. Well, we're going to talk all about that. But first, well, but first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? The solo or the uh, the pair edition, where the two player, the edition. two of us share the nerdiest things we've done in the last few weeks and don't vote using the Patton and Mike Miley system. Yep, we just take turns sharing stuff. Um, the differences in this version is we usually share more things, so because we have to keep the segment the right length, so. Um, what's nerdy with you, David? Uh, oh, I had to learn the intricacies of setting up a motion-sensitive camera, uh, outdoors over the past week. I, that was an interesting yeah, bit of research. Yeah, you telling me before we started recording. I'm yep. so sorry you had yep. to do that. Yeah, to those that don't know, uh, I was the subject of an attempted auto theft, uh, from my driveway. Yeah, it's been so a fun week. David is recording without sleep. It's been a, yeah, it's been a fun week. Well, our, all of our thoughts go out to you. We've all I, been in situations like that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, luckily they didn't get it, but yeah. Living with anxiety is rough, especially in times like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the nerdiest thing I did. Like I said, I learned how to set up the network for it and get a, and get it up and recording. So that was neat. I, I actually, one of the things I have to do after the podcast recording today is go outside and fish my cameras down because the batteries are dead. Ah, so yeah, that's, that's my reminder. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, uh, I don't know. I've been so, so I've been this morning. I had a nerdy thing in my head, but I had such technical difficulties getting on. We actually started a little late recording today because um, my computer is a potato. Um, well, my computer I use for the podcast is a potato. It's working really well, but now it's not. Um, I have been basically doing everything I can to optimize it, but I think it might be time to get a new one. I have other things, so I might be able to figure something out. Um, I could always get my tower in here and start recording on that because I don't use it very much. I only use it for podcast editing. So putting it in this room would give us more free area to do other things. We've been we've been looking for space to do a 75-gallon uh, fish tank. Mm. So maybe I'll move my computer setup into this room and then have a, a little bit better of a podcast studio. But Not a terrible um, idea. Nerdy, uh, other nerdy things. Um, went to Costco yesterday and did some TV shopping, and I got to go into great detail explaining the difference between OLED, QLED, and and um uhd to the guy who worked there or uh, to, to heather oh. <laughs> and probably to the guy who worked there because i'm sure they don't know <laughs> we didn't talk to a salesman we, oh. we we didn't want to do that um one of the things i like about the qled and oled tvs is they have such a contrast between dark and light because mm. the the leds actually turn off for black yeah and you can see light shining out of them when you have like a flashlight shining at the camera which is very cool that is neat yeah the depth is just awesome but we were i mean we we're looking at like different models um i did i do have a guess and i bet you this is true and i'm wondering if you could weigh in on this mm. do they turn the color saturation levels down on the cheaper tvs i don't know i mean it would make sense because you'd be able to get away with cheaper panels but no, what I mean is, do you think the stores do? Like, they actually turn the settings down to make the sales look crappier to encourage people to buy the more expensive television. Depends on the store and how shifty they are. I wouldn't put it past some places, but, like, other places, I'm pretty sure the people that set those up don't know how yeah because i was we were looking at we were looking at some tvs and we were like you know this tv is probably the best value but the color saturation isn't great and then we found that same brand of tv but a little bit more expensive yeah and the color saturation was better yeah see and if I'm you're like, at depending at the store you're at if you can get hands on the thing you can go through the menus and adjust all the picture settings and shit yourself from the buttons Costco's on the sides pretty usually good about customer service so if, if you could actually find somebody they could probably get it you know yeah let you play with it a little bit yeah it's they're they're pretty good yeah. at it so it, well, we're, it depends we're finally, on like i said it depends on where you're at we're finally starting to think about the bedroom tv like we mm -hmm. haven't we've been so resistant to it because of like you know, it's better to not have it in there, but it's like, sometimes I want to watch something different than Heather. Yeah. So, and I don't like watching TV in this room. 
this is the only other room we have a TV in and it, you know, we don't have a couch in here or a bed or anything that, well, there's a bed, but the TV doesn't tilt that way. Right. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, the normal stuff, I guess. Pathfinder, Minecraft. Yeah. You you gaming? Uh, a little bit. I've been thinking about picking up Diablo 4, but I haven't yet. Ah, too expensive. Yeah, it's kind of the thing I'm looking at. Yeah, we'll let we'll let Erica be the one who talks about that until we all pull the trigger <laughs> when it's gotten cheaper and they've done a special. Is it full release now or is it still pre? Uh, it's full release now. 60 bucks or 40 70 for the main game and then you can go up to 100 if you want the digital deluxe edition or the ultimate edition. Or... Oh, God. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. Nuts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I did watch some gameplay of it, and it looked good. I mean, I really yeah. want to play it. I've heard good and things from people playing it. Amazing. Like half of my, well, not that one, but half of my, uh, half of my BattleNet friends are all playing it. So yeah, I don't know. I've I've recently become uh, obsessed with uh, watching uh, these guys on a GTA Five roleplay server and the video, the, the the Twitch videos and the live streams and stuff they've been doing. And oh my god, it looks like fun. Do you know names to drop? Uh, it's uh, uh, LNAP and uh, Detective Elite on YouTube. They they play on a server called Redline. I don't remember the name right now, but. Um... I mentioned it on the podcast, so like if anybody wants to go through old episodes and figure out who this is, but I I have a roleplay Battlefield player in my YouTube subscriptions. I don't remember. It's like Black Mountain or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, he, it's so funny listening to people that they're playing with just trying not to laugh because they're staying in character so damn well, and they're actually staying accurate with to military tactics, which is pretty fun. But I. Um, what was the one I was watching? I was watching um, Swifter. Okay. Have you heard of Swifter? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Swifter does this thing called Swifter Says, which is very fun to watch, where it's Battlefield and... Um, it's like Simon says, but you get shot in the head if you... Right. If you, okay, I've, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that looked like a lot of fun. But I don't want to wait in a queue and try to get into one of those games. Right. And yeah, so this... this, uh, this... Uh, GTA 5 roleplay is on a private server that you have to apply to get into and they have a Discord they have a whole Discord server and everything and it, it looks like a lot of fun and I enjoy the videos they do of oh that's screwing cool because they all have jobs you know some of them play cops and some play EMTs and the other people that aren't on duty are running around being you know chuds <laughs> there i i have some nerdy news that's actually like a psa too mm, um, go for it one of the minecraft um two big minecraft mod servers got hacked and oh. um there's a there's a virus going out that got inserted into some mods um it's called fracturizer you can find out how to check to see if you got it if you're a minecraft player pretty easy but it's um uh curse forge and mod Rinth got hit and if you use those for other games it's probably a good idea to check yeah that's really good advice actually yeah i don't know what the virus does i just know it's a virus i i don't know how bad it is but it um we checked we didn't get it but we didn't we don't do we do a lot of like quality of life mods in our games mm. we don't do a lot of like let's change minecraft into an mmo type of mod gotcha yeah yeah it's amazing once you start getting into mods and stuff like that for at least computer games the sky's the limit on what you can do with a lot of them what's one of the most popular mods in the game got hacked it's called better minecraft and that was one of the ones that had it and that's Uh, downloaded by hundreds of thousands of people oh that's fucked up yeah Captain Sparkles is a big YouTuber that's popularized it, and it's like a very, very popular mod. Mm, damn. What does um, it do? What does it do? Uh, makes the game better, basically. Like, gives you features that the vanilla game doesn't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, you can you can chop down the bottom block on a tree, and the whole tree will fall down instead of having to climb up and chop down the whole tree type of stuff. And, gotcha. Um, I use um, these mods that give you, like, quality of life tweaks. Like, I use one that lets you do gamma override that you can... Basically, you have night vision without having to get potions in the game. Nice. Um, but I'm one of those moral people. If I'm doing, like, adventure-type stuff that's risky, I don't use it. I use it when I'm in my base and I want to be able to see what my build looks like when I'm working with dark light. <laughs> I, I try not to use quality of life mods for cheaty things. 
right. cheaty things. But, yeah. I mean, it's a sandbox game. There really isn't any cheating. Right, that makes sense. Basically, anything that would review, remove the risk factor. But I have I have one that makes it so um, you can set it so you don't break the block underneath the block you're breaking type of things. Um, you can make a blacklist of blocks you don't want to be able to break so you can, you mm. know, work on delicate builds and stuff like that. Like I have to say, I think the nerdiest thing I've done while playing Minecraft is I've become a bit of a mod expert. Mm -hmm. Nice. The um uh the the thing that I recently built, I'll start sharing this in all my what's nerdy with you since it's a big nerdy part of what I'm doing lately, is um I built a big giant crystal cave and wow. I used glass to create layers so it has depth. So like I made this big circular crystal geode and then I did glass layers in some of the nooks in the geode and built additional geodes behind those that glass so it looks like it goes on forever like a real crystal cave. Oh wow, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. The, the only problem I'm having right now is the build is very dark and I'm trying to figure out how to get it all lit and nice looking. Um, I worked with Blackstone for contrast and it's super, super, super dark. Um, other than that, there was one other thing. Um, oh yeah, we finished chapter one of our G campaign and we're oh, moving nice. on to part two very cool yeah we're all um we're all eighth level now wow very nice yeah eighth level is a good one yeah second um, stat increase milestone level yeah. increase yeah i don't i mean milestone's pretty much the only way to go nowadays i rebuilt my character um, oh, nice toxicologist unless your gm is really planning your adventure around it yeah it's, it's just not i mean every time we fought undead it was like why am i not a bomber i'm not prepping poisons yeah we sense. had one situation where our intelligence was wrong so i prepped a bunch of poisons and i was oh, no. almost useless i was almost useless oh was, that sucks we we keep fighting elementals and undead and it's like damn it oh this is the worst part is is the second you start prepping for elementals and undead then you're not going to fight them anymore yep <laughs> um, one of the nice things about alchemists though is if you wanted to you don't have to prep at all mm. you have less stuff but you can just leave your slots open and make them into whatever you have your formulas for it's yeah that i do like how flexible pathfinder second edition alchemist is but I do have to say, it's intimidating to new players. It's a very prep class. It's a very homework class. You have to, like... Yeah, I mean, you, have to to, play, you have to yeah. do prep, and you have to... And com compared to, like, other RPG classes, it, it has... in Like, for Wizard, you have spell lists. For Alchemist, you're literally using the equipment list. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really neat idea, but it's so different than anything that's been done that a lot of players are saying it's the worst class because if you played it just like straightforward without prep, I have to say my biggest tip I figured out is all of my money goes into formulas. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Because once you know the formula, you can just make them. Provided you have so the materials. When the OGL thing was going on, you said you were you were thinking about trying second edition again. Did you did you pull the trigger on that? I have the stuff. I just I haven't found a group or anything to get into playing it. And and the remastered version is coming out. Yeah, I know. Uh Grant and I are actually in talks with the local Pathfinder Society to start running first edition stuff at the cons again. Cause Oh nice. nice. Well, un unfortunately the Pathfinder presence at our local strategic con has become a shell of what it once was and we do want to try and bring the glory back. Do the adventure officers still exist? Yeah, it kind of. Huh. It's it's a long complicated story. Oh. And well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Off recording. Yeah, I, I don't know all of it either. So I've only seen the oh. little bits I've seen. But Neat. yeah, I know my buddy Grant and I are going to try and revive some life back into Neat. at least first edition side. That's a really cool thing. I'm excited for that. Listeners, yeah. if you don't know, I have history with that community. <laughs> I yep. have pleasant history with that community. I know that sounded very bitter, but it's not how we met. I mean, yeah, um, <laughs> I was the leadership that left. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one. And um I I really really like the person who took over and thought and think that they are very good and cool and great. I have nothing negative to say, and I, I'm not saying that sarcastically. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Talking about stuff like that is hard. Yep, yep. Awesome. Always fun. Yeah, that's pretty much the nerdy stuff I've been dealing with, just trying to you know, keep on keeping on. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I, I hope that you can fix your anxiety about the whole thing, and you can actually get some sleep. I hope so, too. Um, uh, I guess that's topic. 
now. Yeah, because we don't we don't we don't vote, so we both won. Yeah, the widgets are confused. <laughs> um, so you set us up for a banger of a topic today. Yes, I did. I mean, I didn't even put sample questions in because this is the kind of shit we talk about when we're not recording. Yep. I mean, I'm not going. So the topic is the history of nerd culture. We're not going to talk about this like an educational episode. We're not going to be like. This is when it started, and this is the first, and stuff like that. But I, I want to. So my question, the way I'm going to kick this off is, I'm just going to say, David, when you think of the history of nerd culture, where did it start? Like, what's the nerdy start? I mean, it could be pop culture or science or whatever, but. Like, we're not going to talk accuracy here. We're going to talk about opinion. No, I mean, the nerd culture as a whole, in my unlearned opinion, is definitely like the beginnings of the stuff. The first thing you think of when you think of nerds, you think of, you know, Trekkies. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's community. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had you had the cons. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that gained following and started getting as popular, and even nowadays, it's to the point of where it's completely mainstream. That it's it's clawed its way out of the back pages of obscurity and being made fun of constantly to where it is now, where it's fairly mainstream. And hell, there's entire television sitcoms about being nerds. Yeah, I I might take it back. Like I think of like when I saw the Tolkien movie and you had like this society of writers that had like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis in it. Yeah. That's pretty nerdy. But I also think of nerds as like a marginalized group because of my outbreak. I know the current generation probably doesn't even think that anymore. But they weren't a marginalized group. They were a group of intellectuals who was very serious about writing. Yeah. But well, because... Well, I the, bet you. I mean, if you read into J.R. Tolkien, I think he's yeah. a textbook nerd because yeah. of the shit. I mean, he wrote a language. Uh, yeah, he did. He More than wrote one. an entire. He wrote an entire language, then realized he needed some setting to put it in, so he decided to make a setting for it. <laughs> That's actually not how the Lord of the Rings came to be. I just thought it was funny. Well, I, I, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. Well, yeah. Yeah. There, there. I mean, his experience during the war, his loss of friends. I mean, there's tons of reasons. I, I, I mean, we could do a whole episode on JRR. I do recommend saying, seeing the movie. The movie's good. Tolkien was a good movie. Um, so, it was. Yeah, let's talk about Trekkers. Um, do you say Trekkers or Trekkies? I've always said Trekkies, but I've never officially been... I've never gone to a Star Trek convention. I've never considered myself as much of a star trek fan as i am i've never considered myself a trekkie or a I trekker i guess they prefer to be called two, i watched episode one of season two of brave new world just this morning uh, uh strange new worlds just this morning nice yeah that i i love that series i think it's my favorite star trek series oh wow okay i i like the original series and ha- having this like modern show that really has a good spirit of the original series mm-hmm. is exciting okay I am going to probably disappoint some people, but I was not the biggest fan of the original series. I didn't watch the original show first. My introduction to Star Trek was Next Generation. Well, yeah. I I think Next Generation is a better show because Mm. the original series was a low-budget piece of crap. Yeah, the, the original show, when I was first shown it, was like, wow, this is dumb. But it's also <laughs> amazing and kind oh, of yeah. groundbreaking and for lots of reasons. Yeah, and now that I'm not a 14-year-old punk, I can actually uh, uh, appreciate it for what it is. But. but I'll say this as a Whovian, and that's another like early fandom. I mean, it all started right around the same time as Star mm-hmm. Trek. Doctor Who was a low-budget piece of crap, too, yep. but a groundbreaking, amazing show. It's all about the writing. I mean, I think Doctor Who got more criticism than Star Trek for crappy sets and bad special effects. I mean, it's amazing that it still does, but I mean, I mean, even now it's not a high budget show. Um, conventions is probably where the modern take on nerd culture came from. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of other ones that existed because I know there were. I think the the root of like Star Trek convention culture came from zines. Uh, yeah, I believe the, the zines, magazines, back in the, the fan-made magazines. Pre-internet yeah communication you know pop culture i mean magazines were my bread and butter when i was a kid newsletters and magazines that's how you kept in touch and kept up to date with what was going on (coughs) um we do have to talk about dungeons and dragons because that's a big part of our culture but you still play the stuff that that came from 
Yep. Um, do you play Bolt Action? I do. I, I Let me see if I can find the name. Remind me later, but I've been watching a Bolt Action YouTube channel. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, Bolt yeah. Action's fun. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know what we're talking about, it is a miniature war game. Mm-hmm. And Re- relatively rapid, relatively rapid paced, and uh, is a lot of fun. Do you watch any Bolt Action YouTube channels? I do not. I've been watching this one where they've been. I discovered it through YouTube Shorts. Okay. And they play. They come up with scenarios that are a little bit more entertaining than just th- we're playing this battle that happened. So, like one they do is Indiana Jones um, was is going to get the Lost Ark, and he's captured by. He's captured by six Nazis, and mm. and and um, there's a Nazi group with tanks, and the British, the British army just showed up. Nice. You're okay. playing the British army. They rescue rescue Doctor Jones from yeah. the Nazis. And you also play Doctor Jones, and they created like a custom little thing for him that yeah. he gets luck points that he can choose to roll a six on any roll, and the player doesn't know how many luck points he has. And if you if you use one when you don't have any, you get a f- critical failure instead of a critical success. Fun. Yeah, but I but it was like he could punch out six guys with one punch type of stuff, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, but I one thing I like about this channel, and I'm I'm sorry that I don't remember the name. I'll try to share it if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, they um they role play it out like they do the voices and tell little stories whenever they do anything. It isn't just I fire the tank, roll a die. It's they play they do a little bit where they play the guy calling in the uh, looks like we got some Jerry's over here. Let's let's give them some punch, you know. <laughs> tally ho, lads. Yeah. <laughs> oh look, they're all they're all running around and screaming and grabbing their faces that was a good hit (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i mean let's let's kind of piece it together with a timeline you got like star trek we also have like doctor who yeah you have you have i mean it it really started even earlier than that i mean you get guys like um uh, jules verne and the 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 really early science fiction stuff i mean you could go back and say i mean people used to get criticized for reading too much so you could go back and talk about the bookworm thing and i mean hell one of the first uh motion pictures was uh 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 science fiction a french science fiction film called trip to the moon where they literally shoot a rocket up onto the moon <laughs> and it, it gets stuck in the eye yeah yeah the, um the, you do you remember your film culture stuff because i'm not remembering anything uh to an extent yeah do you remember the creator of that uh, i forget his name he Is was french. french guy it was yeah. he was french it was a french film there's a movie about uh, him. Oh, hell. A recent one. The Trip to the Moon, Le Voyage dans la Lune, 1902, French adventure by George uh, Miels. Lots of lots of ac- accent points. I don't know how to pronounce this name. <laughs> Starts with an M. M-I-R-E-L-E-S? No. M-E with apostrophe L-I-E apostrophe S. Miels? Miel? I don't know how to pronounce Mele. it. Melee. Melee, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. I have no idea. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. But that was based off of a Jules Verne novel from the Earth to the Moon. Um, Hugo was the movie about the boy who lived in France who met um, George Millet. Okay. And it's like crazy cool special effects. It is a very good movie. It came out in 2011. Neat. I'll have to check that out. Martin Scorsese. But it's like an orphan boy that lives in a, a train mm-hmm. station and... Um, Sasha Baron Cohen plays the guy who's trying to catch him. Oh my! And I'll have to see this movie now. Okay. In the movie, a plane crashes out of the wall of a a train, plashes out of the wall of a train station, and like does you know it like crashes out and hangs off the side of the building, and it's that famous photo of the train doing that. Yeah. Um, I think of nerdy, I think of obsession and I think of like the history of photography and the history of film. You're a film lit student, so you know about the, the history of film, the history of photography, and it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about film and photography, it's chemical engineering as well as art. There's a lot to it. Yeah. And then it, and then there's, it, it's honestly really hard to tell exactly who invented what because Edison did his thing and put his name on most of it. 
So. Photography, it's very similar because there's yeah. just so many different versions of the chemical chemical process of development mm-hmm. of film. Yeah, they're all roughly the same, but they use little tiny, minute differences and make them and all proprietary. Existed before photograph. Yes. Because a camera was a projection device, the camera obscura. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then somebody said, let's figure out how to way to print these. <laughs> Yeah. But you could set up a camera obscura and point it at a at a scene, and it would project the scene on a wall, and then you could look at it and kind of have a different a different mm-hmm. grasp of it. And then it was like, well, can we burn that into something? Yeah. And then silver nitrate was discovered. There are all sorts of reactive inks that were in the history of photography. Now, you can't talk about the history of nerd culture without me totally nerding out on historical things, because that's one of my nerdy things is history. Oh, history's great. And it's... If you it's, like history, there's a really great book called The History of Salt. I've heard of it. Oh, it's so good. It's mm. it. I, I kind of read it as a joke because I thought it would be the most boring read ever, but it's like the history of every war. <laughs> My only criticism for the book is there's only one chapter on the chemistry, and I thought the chemistry was the most interesting thing in the entire book. And when it was over, I was like, this. I, I want to know everything. It didn't go into it enough. I want to know about all the different kinds of salt and the, how they're composed. And I don't normally like chemistry, but I like this. Don't talk about another war. <laughs> Because pre-refrigeration, all wars were over resources, including salt. Yep, because that's how you were able to transport food and maintain uh, maintain population in societies. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Jules Verne, and I thought of that, too. What's your favorite Jules Verne story? I honestly have only read uh, The Time Machine. Movies exist. Yeah, but honestly, finding what is, he is inspired and what he hasn't can be difficult sometimes. I, I think of From the Earth to the Moon, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Journey to the Center of the Earth. and um, Yeah, okay, Mysterious Journey to the Island. Center of the Earth. Yeah, that's right. That's another one. I, just, I, I, yeah, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of who, who's written what. So. That's why there's multiple hosts on the show. Yep. Yeah, um, I I think of um, um, Back to the Future Part Three and the heavy Jules Verne influence on the train and yeah, and how Doc Brown talked about it had talked about being inspired into science by Jules Verne and then it ends up with like a Jules Verne train at the end. That always yeah. tickled my fancy. I liked that. Well, that's why he and Clara got together so well is because she was also a Jules Verne yeah. fan. Um, somebody was, I was listening to a thing on performances of people for, that are in Doctor Who and different things and apparently David Tennant did, did Around the World in 80 Days, which is not Jules Verne, I don't think. Mm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not getting the book. I'm just getting the David Tennant special. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Look, there was a Jackie Chan movie. Okay. To be fair, there's been a lot of those, especially if you count his Hong Kong career. Here we go. Wikipedia is loading. Who wrote it? Ha ha. Fucking Jules Verne. I said it wasn't. Ha <laughs> ha <laughs> ah, ah. Of course it's Jules Verne. It's from a series called The Extraordinary Voyages, which is really neat. Neat. I, you know, my nerdy thing next week is going to be after the podcast, I went on a Jules Verne rabbit hole because now I want to because I did not know that. I, I love going back into the author's because a lot of early science fiction, okay, nerd culture, there we go. Uh, a lot of early science fiction was pulp and it was in like magazines. It wasn't just books and they yeah. published them in books later. So um, I think yeah, a lot of them started as collections. Howard, H.P. And... Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, Lovecraft didn't even get famous till the 70s, long after he yeah, died. Yeah, the, um, but there was that whole circle of authors that borrowed from each other, like Robert mm-hmm. Howard and Robert Howard did Conan. And, but, and then there's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff in Conan. And um, Robert Howard has said that Set was actually um, the um, the no named god in disguise. There's that whole man in yellow thing, and yeah, and the Elder Sign is in the Conan movie. That's right, it is. Hmm. Yeah, whoever made the Conan movie was a big Robert E. Howard fan. Well, I mean, you have to. Robert be. Jordan did some Conan stuff. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, did some Conan novels. Robert Jordan wrote The Wheel of Time, listeners. Like you don't know. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson finished it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, because he did. He died before he could finish it. Which is an unfortunate part of... And be disrespectful. Which is an unfortunate part of something that happens. But when your book series is that big, I mean, yeah. I mean, people, honestly, people are afraid Martin, uh, George R. R. Martin's going to die before he finishes uh, the, the, Ice of, the Song of Ice and Fire series. So, do you agree with me that the history of nerddom is just community yeah for or, the most part or it's is nerd or is what about isolated nerds i mean 
nerds were really only seen in the negative. Well, the, I guess we're talking about nerd culture, not well, just yeah. yeah, and culture I mean, requires a community. Most nerd culture was so underground until recently that it was hard to really call it a cult, except for these things like conventions, which were considered safe spaces for nerds to congregate yeah. and share their share their uh, their common their common likes and and wants and needs and because before movies yeah again movies were were a way for them to get out into the community but for the most part dens of nerd culture were little pockets your friends friend groups and that's as far as it went and do you consider um um vinyl fanatics nerds i mean there are definitely nerdy things about vinyl and music and it depends on your actual definition of what a nerd means well, I think of like the people who spent their entire day in a record shop hanging out with the owner talking and listening to music. Yeah, they're definitely nerds. Yeah. They're they're called music nerds. What were nerds before Dr. Seuss? Cuz Dr. Seuss invented the word. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the word nerd it was in um uh go to the zoo, I think, the hmm. zoo trip one. Interesting. Yeah, there was and met a nerd and it, and it was a little guy, it's a little furry guy. I don't know how nerd got applied to people. But I think before, I mean, Poindexter was probably one of the nerdy terms. Poindexter, mm-hmm. um, Einstein, Dweeb. I don't know if nerds ever had an affirming positive name until nerd was like owned and accepted. Yeah. Not really. That's that's it only become a, that's only been a recent development. The last you know ten years or so, it's become colloquially okay to be a nerd. You don't yeah, get made think, fun of. You don't get as made fun of for being a nerd anymore. Yeah, because of things like Critical Role. That's a big part Critical of it. Critical Role has made a big part of it. Yeah, and the and the comic book movies. Yeah, it's showing a lot of people that you know these interests are not as uh, anti. You know, it's okay. It's it's not antisocial to be able to admit that you enjoy this kind of stuff like it used to be. Did I ever tell you about my um, my Trekkie neighbor? No, I don't think so. I had a neighbor that was a um, had a prosthetics company with a friend, and they mm-hmm. they were Frankies in a in a Klingon guild. That's awesome. And they were, and this was 2000, so this was a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, in 99, they were hired um, by some talk show to um, dress up in their costumes and full makeup and drive to um, Phantom Menace premieres mm-hmm. and yell cat calls at the people waiting online. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. In Klingon. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the joys yeah. of living in California where you meet people who do shit like that. Yeah, I mean I mean you want to talk about nerd them though. I mean uh Tolkien's not the only one that invented a language. I mean Klingon is an invented language. Yeah, wasn't Klingon like invented by someone who worked on the show that was like trying to write a they, it was it like wouldn't a, surprise a, me. It I, was like a I'm going to take this, make a book and make money selling this book type mm-hmm. of thing. I probably I have no idea. And then the show went back later and was like Oh, let's use this book as a reference to make the language more consistent. Because yeah. I don't think the show ever like hired a linguist to write a language. I think a linguist wrote a language and referenced words used on the show. Mm-hmm. But Klingon That's... culture didn't exist until next generation, really, because they were always the bad guys in the original show. They they weren't uh, they weren't they didn't get much more explanation into anything of Klingon life at all until Next Generation. Well, I think it, Next Generation and Star Trek movies, because yeah. I think Undiscovered Country did a lot. Yeah, true. And Undiscovered Country brought back original series characters as yeah. the modern Klingons. But the movies did the modern Klingon look before Next Generation, right? Or did Next Generation invent the the ridges? I don't remember. I know the episode where uh, in uh, Deep Space Nine, where they go back Back in time and do the tri- the trials and tribulations episode. Um, they the, he sees the other they are Klingons and they all look at Warp and Warp goes, "We do not discuss it." And that's they never mention it again. And then it gets it gets, <laughs> they, they give the reason in Enterprise. Oh, okay. I, I've never watched Enterprise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um the Klingons were using some sort of you, genetic mutation. They were using genetics that they stole from um was Data's creator, Doctor Soon. Soon's ancestor that was involved mm. in the con project ah and i love that i love that dr soon every ancestor of dr soon is just brett spiner yeah yeah <laughs> but brett spiner played him on the show too yeah i know that's what yeah. i'm saying he was in heavy makeup 
Yeah, every every iteration of Doctor Soon and or Data is always Brent Spiner. Doesn't also, matter who it is. Ancestors of Doctor Soon. <laughs> yeah, because he played ancestors of Doctor. He played an ancestor of Doctor Soon on Enterprise, mm-hmm. and then he played that character's like grandfather on Picard. <laughs> I love it. But the um one of the things I think like whenever Star Trek characters time travel back to the nineties, there's never any evidence of the eugenics war mm-hmm. it's always this time and my theory is the eugenics wars always happen they really but they weren't what we think of as a war they were more like um a shadow war okay you know like khan ran like a shadow network he controlled china and the, and the middle east but he wasn't like the leader of that area he was like the shadow government ah uh, he was the underworld boss also i mean it could i mean like they go back in time and go maybe just the the united states areas weren't really affected by the eugenics war and so whenever they go back in time they go back to the united states areas and you don't really see it because like there's wars going on all over the world right now and we're not affected by them well not directly no. not directly i mean you don't see bombs going off is what yeah. i mean yeah i get you instead we we get um price increases in dog food and everything else <laughs> yep I, i'm sorry the reason why i say dog food is because that's directly affecting us right now um mm. dog food doubled prescription dog and cat food tripled wow yeah, it's insane. And it happened very quickly. That sucks. Sorry to hear it. Yeah. Um, the history of nerd culture is a fascinating thing. Um, I think that you're right. I think it started with community. I, I mean, I'm sure there were other communities other than Star Trek, but that's the prolific one, right? Yeah. Have you ever been to a Star Trek convention? No, uh, the, I went to Pasadena for one once, but it was I was a young kid. I was still in middle school. It's one experience I haven't gotten to do. Mm. I don't remember much of it, to be frank. I went to uh, Gallifrey One mm. when it was, go- you know, when I was at Strategicon, I walked in and checked it out. Nice. I had a friend working it, so I didn't have to mm. get a badge. Makes sense. I don't consider myself as much of a Whovian anymore. Like, I used to be really into it, but I just I can't be bothered anymore. Well, 60th, uh, Russell T. Davies is taking the show back over, and it's oh, okay. starting in November. Um, David Tennant's mm. coming back for um, a few specials before they have the next Doctor. That's funny. Yeah. It's um, it's a um, it's a bridge because ratings went down. Yeah, they're doing something fancy to try to bring ratings back up. Makes sense. And Dave, and also the actor playing the next Doctor is committed to another show and it's just not available. And they didn't want to wait two years. So yeah, um, Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in one of the specials as a villain. They most people think it's going to be the Celestial Toy Maker, but they haven't really said what it is. But it's probably likely. Beep the Meep is a villain that's coming in to live action for the first time. Was only in comic books previously. Hmm. Interesting. It's a cute villain. It's a super evil chaotic monster that looks like a Furby. So a Furby. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, wow. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. <laughs> we can't top that. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's 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 really hard to point down exactly when nerd culture or nerd nerd dumb really started a whole discussion planned and you just define it in the first question and it's and like what are we going to talk about now it's community yeah yeah, right. you're right. It really Star is. Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was the at least when when I think back on it, that was the first thing that comes to mind for me. It was the I first think, thing I was really ex- I was, it was the first thing I was really exposed to as a kid. I mean, between that and professional wrestling. <laughs> and this is also our opinion because you know there's more history to it. We're not having a oh, historical absolutely. education conversation about I, it. We're talking about. I mean, so if you and and the reason why I wanted to do this is because we have our Discord now. Mm-hmm. If you want to join our Discord, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/NerdPodcastRadio. And on our Discord, we have show discussion. So I wanted to have more of an open-ended discussion with inaccuracies so we could have a little bit more involvement with our community and people can go. No, but on our episode, a question popped up on our um, So I'm going to say this question and I'll let David think about it. Oh, you're going to have to answer it because I... Well, I'm yeah. gonna, So do you know what Dolly Parton's favorite kind of coordination is? No, I have no idea. Hand eye! Oh, dear Christ. <laughs> Tribal Lion contributed that wonderful pun. 
to our show. And if you would like to join the discussion on our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join our Patreon and um, get access to our Discord. If Shouldn't you, it have been jo- Celine Dion, though, not Dolly Parton? You get bonus episodes, and five, you get video and unedited unedited content that is sometimes early. Uh, oh, my God. We'll get was Celine Dion's version of that a cover, and Dolly Parton did the original? or No, Celine Dion didn't do it. It was uh, Whitney Houston oh, covered okay. Dolly Parton's version. Yeah. I, am, I am not a music nerd, in case you couldn't tell. Well, <laughs> I think music nerd culture had has probably earlier origins. Music nerds are probably the original nerds, because they probably predate science fiction. Because you can find like the first science fiction story which is probably greek mythology is my guess something like that well i mean if you get into science i think the first actual scientific fiction story dates back to the days of like pliny the elder but um when you're like i bet you the first nerds were music nerds i'm yeah i'm not great at knowing what year music came out but i'm pretty good at being able to tell you different artists i i don't remember the the members of every band Mm. but i can usually tell you what band did a song not all the time not with hip-hop but sometimes with hip-hop okay i i just have that that general knowledge gene general knowledge general knowledge sir um i don't encyclopedic knowledge is a good thing to bring up when talking about nerd culture because it, it can one be of for certain stereotypes. Things. Yeah, and it can be quite effective for certain things. The problem is, is when your encyclopedic knowledge isn't something so minute and so non, uh, so so esoteric and so non-useful to most everyday society. But with nerd culture being streamlined, it becomes more useful. Yeah, eventually. It took 20 years, but uh, my my damn near encyclopedic knowledge of the better parts of the Star Wars expanded universe has finally gotten to a point where I'm not shunned for it anymore. My whole weird thing, I'm really good at knowing all the rules to games very quickly, and it makes me unpopular when playing certain games. (laughs) But that's been one of my things, is I tend to be good at being able to backdoor like know the intricacies of rules of every game that's just something i'm good at i think it's because of my problem solving skills that come from working in it for so long technology history of nerddom and technology i think the whole like nerds being smart thing i think it was because from the whole i would rather read my books than go to parties or play football or go to football games type of thing. And I think that's also music is I'd rather listen to music than do other things or play mm-hmm. music than do other things. Well, I mean, the, 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 there's also sports nerds and people have been doing nerdy things about sports for decades. Yeah. And I think we're finally starting to hit the mainstream. People don't think of sports as nerdy because people think of nerdy as something to be shunned. Yeah. Even though nerddom is now becoming more accepted and more nerds, more nerd stream, mainstream, <laughs> it's still looked down on. Yeah, it is, but not as bad as it was before. Well, we're oh, still no. the butt of the joke most of the time, but we don't get like beat up in the streets for it anymore. Well, we have things like, have you heard of the SCP Foundation? I have not. SCP Foundation is a new thing. It's a Creative Commons thing where there are videos, stories, and all sorts of stuff connected to it. Mm-hmm. And basically the way it works is you can write anything you want that fits into SCP. Mm-hmm. You can reference anything anybody's contributed to SCP. And you can sell your stuff as long as you put the proper credits in. Oh, nice. It's a Creative Commons writing network involving the single idea of this organization that captures and studies anomalies and um i don't know what scp stands for but it has something to do with the supernatural anyway it's it's sort of like the back rooms have you heard of the back rooms i've heard of it but i don't really know what it yeah, is it's creepy pasta stuff like okay. somebody posted on 4chan a thing about liminal spaces and mm. this picture of this like endless hallway with like a story connected to it and then this guy um and if you want to learn more about it matt pat is the best place to look but this guy did a web series and i've watched this web series and it's wonderful about people going into the back rooms by accident and either dying or escaping or time traveling and all sorts of stuff and this group this organization that's studying the back rooms and may have accidentally caused people phasing into it um Mm -hmm. 
A24, the movie studio, is adapting it into a feature film. Interesting. And hmm. one of the cool things about the backrooms is the guy who created the series wasn't the original person to have the idea of the backroom. And it's legal because it's an open idea. It was an anon non-copyrighted topic. He didn't steal their he didn't steal his content. He just used it as inspiration to create a thing about the same kind of thing. He has plenty of original creations within it that it's not like a copyright thing. I, I the only reason that's on my mind is cuz Matt Pat just did a video about that on film theory. Okay, makes sense. That's a good example of in the history of my nerd culture is that this podcast has gotten me watching things I never watched before because like we did What's Nerdy With You and um, Amoeba Lee mm -hmm. talked about um, MadPat which got me listening to film theory for the really the first time. And nice. I love that show. I, I, it's great. It, I, I love how detailed and scientific he gets about going into theories about this thing. I mean, it's ultimate modern nerddom, but I would never have watched that if it wasn't for us doing this podcast. Okay, interesting. What's something you got into because of the podcast? Oh, jeez. Uh, You're like, I know I have, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> well, I started buying 40K to, to play with uh, uh, because podcast stuff. There was a couple of the first things I uh, first things I posted to uh, the Facebook group were pictures of 40K stuff I bought. Um, I could think of something. Yeah, go for it. Um, you started doing live watches on occasion of Critical Role on oh. Discord. Yeah. If you want to watch those live watches, you can go to nerdpodcast.com slash nerdpodcastradio and sign up and check out our Discord. Yep, I will pop in and hang out in voice chat. Not that anyone's joined me yet. Actually, I take that back. Holly joined me a few times. Yeah. But, so uh, We'd, we'd watch uh, the Critical Role live stream and uh, chat. And speaking of our Discord, we're ready to wrap up so we can actually do our bonus episode where in our bonus episode, we added a new segment today. We're going to be talking about some of the stuff people are talking about on Discord and Yay. answering questions and saying what we thought about those discussions. So if you want to be responded to when you discuss on our discord you can go to patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio if you're new to this show this is a running gag uh verica was here she'd slap you on the nose yeah with newspaper yeah go bad brian bad so <laughs> if, if you're wondering why i keep on saying if you're new to this show a lot more than i usually do is because a couple of people told me they were going to listen so <laughs> um this um thank you for discussing with us this with me and i i hope yeah. we kind of were i hope this was a good one because i didn't want it to be super planned out and succinct it it was just us talking about what our opinions are on the history we maybe we'll do we have done episodes where we do the research and we plan it out but i wanted to have more of an organic discussion we can do that at another time yep but i i had a pretty good thing i had a pretty good idea that it was just going to be the two of us yeah so, well i mean it is you know the day yeah um to all the dads out there um happy father's day yep happy father's day the Even friday though you're not going to hear father's this until day. yeah you're not going to hear this for five days but yep <laughs> this has been super vegan brian and i was joined by david the yobald the third there we go i was gonna say I, I got all day uh bye everybody stay nerdy stay informed and stay awesome stay awesome nobody is here no it's kind of weird goodbye. if i tell you to cut me off because that's just you did it yourself i know that was the joke <laughs>